Relating to Self. A podcast that helps you create a better relationship with yourself. Hey, I'm Joachim. Welcome. Do you realize that there is only one relationship that you will always be in? The relationship with yourself. Improving that relationship changes everything. On this podcast, I share my thoughts and I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I speak with Sam, who helps people to let go of their mental garbage. Enjoy. Welcome, Sam. It's a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me, Wahim. Great to see you. Or actually hear you today on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, for the context, you know, for the people who are listening, we do see each other because we are on a Zoom call. Um, you are the founder of Head Trash Anonymous, and you help people let go of mental garbage. I love that. And I'm looking forward to diving into that more deeply. But first, I would love to start with the question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. And it's about the title of the podcast, you know, relating to self, which is a kind of like a, a concept that I came up with. And I wonder what comes up for you? Like, what do you think is relating to self? It's just really fully being a present with yourself, fully accepting yourself, not judging yourself, not condemning all of those kind of voices of criticism, judgment, beating yourself up. It's all the head trash and that needs to go and just be fully here. Mm, I love that. That's a very concise kind of definition. It's very, very simple and very precise. The question, of course, that comes up when I hear this is how, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm, I'm really curious if you, if you have an equally simple method to let go of all that judgment and come to this state of full presence. Yeah, it's really that simple. You're either in the mental story or you're here. You can't be in two places at once. So you're either paying attention to the mind or you're in tune with yourself. That's fascinating. That sounds so simple indeed. I yeah, never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's very easy. All my teachings are very simple. I never had a spiritual teacher. I just learned that meditation brought about inner peace. And I'm like, I need that. So you mentioned meditation. I assume that meditation is a practice that you engage in regularly. Yeah, I do that daily for about 20 minutes. I said every morning and sometimes in the evening, it was a really busy day and my mind was starting to acquire stuff. I'll do the daily mental shower, washing away all those stories, beliefs that I picked up during the day that kept me, you know, too busy, if you will. Beautiful. I love this concept of the mental shower. Could you talk us through that? What does that look like? Because if I take a shower, I know, you know, I just get in the shower, I turn on the water, I always soap, all that kind of stuff. What's the mental shower equivalent? Well, yeah, because we think of this physical shower that we do take a physical shower, you know, frequently, hopefully that we wash all this debris off. And it's basically the mental thing. We're washing off of that mental debris, which is basically, you know, just more meditation, just sitting. But it's more of a contemplative practice of just saying, OK, what was catching me today? What was triggering me today? And where is that root residing? 
And how can I pull that out? How can I take away the energy so it doesn't grab me and drag me all over the place? Hmm. So it sounds like a rather active type of meditation where you actually engage with um, your experiences that day and then go through them and try to understand why they were harmful, perhaps? Right. Why they pulled, why was, because if you're, like I said, if you're either in the mental story or not here, what, what caused me to lose this moment? So it's a little self-inquiry, like, why did this trigger me? Why this? And just, it's more of a contemplative practice. It, it is a lot more active. It's just, instead of just sitting there relaxing, you're just looking at replaying these events. Okay. Th this person triggered me. Why? What's the story there? Mm -hmm. What made me anxious? What made me stressed in that moment? And then when you become aware of that, do you do anything with that knowledge? Well, once I'm aware of it and I can see it, it loses its power. It's like, ah, I see you. You can't do this to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that. That, that mirrors my own experience. Um, very often just bringing awareness and knowing what's happening is enough to kind of let it flow away, so to speak, allowing it to be in that moment. Right. I'm, I'm curious if, because this sounds like a beautiful practice, this mental shower, you know, at the end of the day, is there an equivalent that you perhaps try to practice throughout the day, like during the day while things are happening? Well, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the, always a big challenge, you know, that you can meditate and that's your really controlled environment. But mm -hmm. then when you're engaging life, what's keeping you from being fully present in that moment where are you being distracted where is the story so that's where you would go back if you because that's my practice of so i'm going through day to day am i in this moment or am i in my story and it's always coming back to here like where are my feet where are my hands and those kind of things and i was equate to be like like if i watched like the dalai lama he's always touching things if you notice He's always keeping himself here. And it just reminds me, like, what can I do to engage my senses to keep myself here to be free? And then when I do that, I can just, that's what people say. You walk very slowly when I'm going through the city because I'm always looking around. I'm always engaging the senses. I'm not in the rush. But then if I am rushed, stressed, then that's the end of the day where I do the contemplation to see why couldn't I pull myself back into this moment. Beautiful. I did not know this about the Dalai Lama, that he like continuously touches things. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, well, if you just watch this, if you watch him like on a talk or a video, uh -huh. it's really subtle, but you can see the way he's in, engaging his senses. That's beautiful. I, has he spoken about that actually, or is it something you just noticed by observing him? I just noticed by observing, I just watch a lot of people. And with him, I just happen to notice, like, if you'll see someone, he'll run over to them, touch them. He'll really engage with them on a, a physical realm. And I just see that even when he's in a lectern speaking, you can see the way he's touching the lectern, the podium. You can just see how he's really just trying to keep himself grounded. I don't even know if he's aware of that. Mm. It's yeah, just something maybe. I just noticed. Right. Maybe it's just a subconscious practice that he has developed. Um, it does resonate with me though also because I feel that very often when I am present in a moment, I have this beautiful connection to what I'm actually feeling. Like right now, I'm sitting on my chair and I feel my body resting on the chair and I feel my weight, you know, mm -hmm. and that's an integral part of this experience right now. And I also know that if I, if I were to have a, a conversation that I wouldn't 
like right now, then that feeling would probably disappear. And I would, I would go into this like mind story, like you call it about like, wait, why is this conversation not like I wanted and how can I change it? You know? <laughs> so that, that, that feels, yeah, that feels known to me. It, it's beautiful to put it so simply though. Hmm, Sam, I, I wonder, so you have your meditation practice, you have this beautiful way of trying to ground yourself throughout the day by engaging your senses. Is there anything else that you practice regularly that helps you to improve your relationship with yourself? Well, it could be as simple as walking in the park. When I have time, I do yoga. There's all sorts of activities I like to do, you know, walking, you know, just people watching, I think is very fascinating because I see a lot of people aren't really here. Their physical body is, but you can see their eyes. They're, they're not here. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. How does that help you relate to yourself, though, when you see those people who aren't present? Well, it's just when I see they're not present, that's telling me that I'm present, that I can see is by people watching, engaging. I can either be, you know, daydreaming or I could be here, you know, trying to connect with that person. And it's hard with the mask today but one of the things i used to do on the subway before then i would see people i would make eye contact and smile at them mm. and you can't do that today you can just look but they can't tell you're smiling maybe they can feel it but it's just acknowledging them yeah i that's that's a practice actually that i have tried several times you know just smiling to people i think that's that's a beautiful very rewarding kind of practice, but it's true that it's difficult right now since I'm wearing a mask all the time. So I don't know that kind of doesn't work anymore. Right. So, yeah, so I'm still seeing people. So the practice has changed now. I'm still smiling, but they, they just can't see me, but maybe they just notice. I'm just observing them just noticing and just, just being here as best I can. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I'm really curious about like, I totally, I'm with you when it comes to, you know, being present, being here, being in the now, not getting lost in stories. But I'm curious about your opinion on what I would call visioning work. This idea that, you know, we can create a reality in our mind that we can then aspire to. And I think when, you know, when I'm making plans, like what am I going to do next month or what is going to happen next year? What would I like it to be like? How do you relate to that or how do you navigate that? compared to like just being present. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the one thing I did learn because I was always in the state that all is well, like all is well in this moment. So when I actually had my spiritual center about five, six years ago, I was always in this all is well state and the revenue wasn't coming in. The resources weren't coming in. So I had to give up that. Then I saw it's like, I can be in this neutral all is well state, but we need to create this reality, this human experience. So we do have to get into this deep space and, and envision what our, what we would like our life to look like to get life moving in a certain direction and not worry about like the, how the, why just that this is what I intend to create and setting that intention, setting that vision, and then just relaxing and allowing and allowing the wisdom to rise up within all of us. We have this wisdom that comes from this deeper place, you know, a consciousness that's connected to all that is. And it does tell you what to do next to do this, do that. 
And that was part of my healing journey. But when I had an actual business, I failed to do that, if you will. I failed to listen to my own insights because I was just like, all is well. So I wasn't doing any kind of visioning work. I was just sitting there in my happy, peaceful state and nothing was coming to me because everything was fine. Yeah, that's it's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Because I, I realized that in that state of all is well, maybe in that moment, you don't really feel like you need anything else. <laughs> but then, like you say, when you are running a business or let's make it broader than just running a business, when you're trying to help other people or when you're trying to bring something to people, there are certain physical necessities in terms of resources that you will need. So um, I agree that a certain practice of envisioning what that looks like is needed. And I wonder how you do that. Because for me, for example, every morning I have this routine. I start with meditation. I go into journaling. Maybe I do a ritual. And then after that, I have this space that is reserved for what I call deep work, which is basically just me sitting with a piece of paper and trying to create in my mind and on paper what it is that I'm moving towards. And I would love to know what kind of practice you, ha you have. Is, is that something similar or is it something else? Yeah, it's very similar to that, that I just need, I'm starting to do a better job now with this visioning work. It's still taking a practice for me because I'm still preferred to be in this all as well state. So as Eckhart Tolle says, you know, this doing energy, I'm still trying to work on getting this doing energy into place and envisioning and really seeing how I want to impact the world because it's such a profound story that I was a very sick man for a very long time, losing the ability to walk, being suicidal, all those stories from my head trash. And now I'm not in that state and it's like, all right, so now how can I help others that are suffering this deep pain, this deep physical ailments and be okay with that? So now I'm starting to do that visioning work. This is how I can best serve the world. This is how I can bring everyone together to let go of the attachment to the stories that once my health is gone, it's gone forever. That's simply not the truth because mm -hmm. I'm living proof. That's not the truth that we mm -hmm. can turn it around if we can let go of the stories, but we have to envision a new way forward once we're in that state of peace. And so the first state is get into the state of peace. Then from peace, you vision. Otherwise, you know, for people that are into law of attraction, manifestation, if your mind is filled with garbage, you really can't, you can't really manifest properly because you're going to have all these stories saying why you can't do that. Sure. Why you're not skilled at doing that or whatever it may be. And it's all about not worrying about the how, the why, just setting the intention and trust that it's going to come one step at a time. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because, well, as you mentioned, um, you have been a very sick person at a time and you had lots of issues, both mentally and physically. And then you decided to make a change, to let go of your head trash, as you call it. And I'm curious as to what exactly happened that you decided to be able to do that. Well, the thing was, I, I was never a spiritual person before. I, that simply wasn't my space. I was working a corporate job for over 20 years. Even though I was sick, I was still working a corporate job. So it wasn't my reality, but it was a lot of a couch potato because of multiple sclerosis. You know, it really impacted my, my ability to walk, my energy level, the fatigue. So I watched. We apologize. As you could hear, Sam's internet sadly disappeared during the interview. 
And we decided to publish this podcast anyway because there was value in what Sam was saying in the first part. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks. Thanks.